creators of Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, June 5th, 2015, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studio, Eddie Big Cat Coffold. Cameron, nice to see you, buddy. Over there on the ones and twos, the new guy, the producer, Jeremiah Dunlap. Hello, hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. I don't know what I'm supposed to say now, Jeremiah. I know. Yeah, you kind of stole it. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That was just <laughs> No, you appropriate it. It's, it's probably time I retire that anyway. <laughs> uh, and on the Skype line from Portland, Oregon, joining us this morning, Joy Egrich. Hello, I'm here. Present. <laughs> this week's uh, show is brought to you by Stamps.com. Uh, Eddie, how great would it be if the post office was open 24-7? I mean, uh, no more limited hours. You can get on. your mailing and shipping done on your schedule. Is this a trick question? I would, It'd I be love, amazing. I love the post office. Hey, guess what? Now you can okay. when you use Stamps.com. <laughs> Print postage. He wakes up at 3 a.m. and he's like, I just want to sh- mail something. <laughs> got I got to mail this. <laughs> Print postage whenever you need it, right from your desk, even at 3 a.m. Stamps.com will save you the time and hassle of going to the post office. No more rushing there during your busy day. Just use your computer and printer to get official U.S. postage for any letter or package. Then the mailman picks it up, and you can save money, too. Um, we use Stamps.com here at Relevant for half for years, but yeah. long before they told us to. Yeah, yeah. That's how, you, that's how you know you really care about yeah. and love the company. I'm like Great. Matthew McConaughey. I drove the Lincoln before anybody paid me to. You are just like the Matthew McConaughey <laughs> you know of Relevant. Yeah. Yeah. In more ways than one, I've heard you say, uh, you know... Just like Matthew McConaughey, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> right. Hey, where do you want to go for lunch today? Well, just like Matthew McConaughey, dot, dot, Let's dot. Let's just do a big roast in the backyard. All right, all right. <laughs> and then he takes off his shirt and starts doing push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right now, you can use our promo code RELEVANT for this special offer, a no-risk trial and a $110 bonus offer, which includes a digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in RELEVANT. At stamps.com into relevant. Well, uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Andy Stanley, yes. famous pastor, leadership, you know, all that oh, yeah. stuff. But it's not about that. It's about sex and dating. Holla! Mm-hmm. Get a little love line action. Oh, we got yeah. a little Dr. Drew and Andy Stanley coming oh, yeah. up later. Ask me anything, right? Yeah. 17. Let's do this. Let's go later. And, and we have a special game planned. Uh, the special game is themed around what's going on this week here at Relevant. Yes. It's a big week. Right. Uh, this week marks the 15-year anniversary of Relevant Media Group. 15 years. 15 Before years. I was born. We started on June 1st, 2000. 15 years seems like a very, very long time. Uh, when you put it that way, I agree. Yeah, when especially when you're really thinking of what was happening, you know, 15 years ago. Like that's a weird 2000. Yeah, I was, well, well, well the, that that's a prelude to the game. If, if oh. that interests you, then stick around. Even if, if it doesn't. 
stick around because <laughs> there may be surprises in store. It's uh, it's been fun. We had uh, Jesse flew down. We had a big staff party on on the actual uh, anniversary day at night. And yeah. Sunset on the lake. I got to tell you, we were at, you know I was at that party. I didn't know Jesse was coming, and then so all of a sudden I'm enjoying lovely, lovely shrimp cocktail, which was so good. Even though I'm a vegan, <laughs> these shrimp were too good not to eat, and some nice guacamole. And down, you're like, who's that tall man over there? And I, he there literally it was. spit it out. I, yeah, I did a spit take. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> down he comes, da- walks down the you know the boardwalk. Friends reunited with a rose in my hand, <laughs> <laughs> and did not give it to me. That was never explained. I never explained the rose, and I won't. Had yeah. another, another nice conversation uh, with Jesse. I would say one of the highlights is that Jesse likes to eat ice cream every evening. There were a lot of highlights to it, but yeah, I, learned a lot I, of I, I don't know this. why that's so surprising. Like Eddie was very <laughs> fast. He kept, he kept like peppering me with questions about this. And I don't feel like that. That's that odd of a thing to do is to have a nightly little uh, thing ice cream on the way back to the house after we had these this wonderful food. And cake yeah. and everything. I, I, Eddie was very concerned. I actually asked him, "Do you yeah. want me to stop by CVS? I yeah. can get you some ice cream." Just I don't, pick up a little quarter briars uh, or something. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's not like it's not like a dependency, right? You it's know? not a drug. I, well, I don't know yeah. if you're doing it every night. I mean, my dad had ice cream every single night when I was growing up. Really? You know who? You know who else fine. has ice cream every day? Warren Buffett. So let's let, let me let me let me <laughs> oh, put some, let me throw for some names out there. Joy's dad, Warren Buffett, <laughs> Jesse Kier. What do all three of those great men have in common? Little dish of ice cream. Obviously, <laughs> success, influence, and ice cream. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of ice cream do you have? And we can probably move on after this, but what kind of ice cream do you have? Uh, I'm prefer- I really love cookie dough ice cream because um, it combines some of my favorite things, but I'm not picky. I feel ice like cookie dough cream. is something of our generation. Cookie dough ice cream was not a thing in like our parents' generation, right? The technology just wasn't there. Oh, because of the you I mean, it's like it's like cookie dough into the ice. It's cream. like guacamole and sun-dried <laughs> tomatoes. Those, these things weren't just ar- they weren't Good around point. back in 2000. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I miss about the, the prior to 2000. Chi-Chi's. Oh, Chi-Chi's. Oh, good yeah. one. Chi-Chi's chain Mexican restaurant. They yeah. had fried ice cream. They right. had fried Chi-Chi's. It was a fun name. If it was your birthday, you wore the sombrero, and they yeah. would come sing yeah. to you. Chi-Chi's yeah. was great, Jesse. So That's they're gone? Good. Chi-Chi's are gone? Chi-Chi's is the Mexican chilies. Oh. I believe that Chili's is the Mexican chilies. No, they're, te- they're Fresh Mex. That's the oh, no, they're Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex. I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the border. Yeah. So, so Chi-Chi's was the Mexican TJ Fridays. I think I did like a birthday at Chi-Chi's though. Like that was like the, yeah, the introduction. Take a Polaroid of you. <laughs> yeah. Do we know for certain that Chi-Chi's is not around? <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think. I, there's it, no it way to know. Be. There's no way to find there's, out. Maybe, there's, maybe there's, none of us like, have computers in front of us yeah, right now. Yeah, we can't Google. Right. We can't. It's not like, yeah, yeah, I mean that would require me to open a window, and then I gotta type Chi-Chi's in, then I gotta look at something, and then I'm gonna want Chi-Chi's, come see pictures of Chi-Chi's. I'd rather just presume the health department shut the whole organization down. You know, that down. is true, though. In 2015, our our, t- our palate for Mexican food is very different than the old Mexican food that Chi-Chi's would give us. Yeah. It's just covered in queso Fried and sloppy everything. and, you know, whatever. Now it's like all, you know, cilantro and fresh and, mm-hmm. you and know. special things, like unfolded, and it's all, yeah, yeah. I know. Let's go back to the good old days. Yeah. Well, speaking of great, the good old days of Mexican food, has anyone, does anyone remember Casa Bonita? Yes! No. Eddie Casa does. Bonita <laughs> was a themed Mexican restaurant. Yes. A, but here was the great thing about Casa Bonita, is that it had no problem incorporating any theme anyone could think of. No. So you could eat in like an old tiny saloon you could eat in a cave you could yeah. eat in a jail cell you could what? eat under a waterfall jesse was that the one in tulsa it was huge it had a waterfall and a guy would dive into the That's pool the in the restaurant I, yeah it, it had lot 
the other great thing about it is it was you didn't there was no menu. You just walked in and you paid your money. And this is true. If I'm remembering it correctly, which I think I am, or dreaming it, it correctly, there was just a conveyor belt of plates yeah. of Mexican food. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. you just walk up to the conveyor belt and put as many as you want, and then go sit down. Well, all Mexican we, food's the same. It's tortilla, meat, cheese, and salsa. Wow. And, and so it's literally that an is... endless conveyor belt of why? Uh, no, 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 no. It's some combination of wow. tortilla, meat, cheese, and and, and I'm going to get so many emails. Uh, tacos, quesadillas. No, that, that's totally true. Uh, enchiladas. Like the, what is that even? What are all those words even mean? What language is that it's even? It's just different wrappings of the same ingredients. <laughs> but when you wanted another drink, here's the other great thing. Like I said, the themes were just everywhere. When you wanted another drink, it was just like when they thought of something, they just decided to add it. So if I wanted to refill my drink, you know what I did? I raised a little pirate flag at my table, <laughs> yeah. and the waiters would come. I, I knew a guy who worked there, and he said his whole job at Casa Bonita when he was in high school, they, because they pump out. So many plates of Mexican food. Like I said, it's just a conveyor belt, and people love Cosmonita, so it's always jamming. His whole job was to store, was when he checked, <laughs> clocked in, was to head to the vat of refried beans. The vat. And store it with a, uh, uh, stir it with a boat oar until whoa. his ship was up. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> stir it with a boat oar until his shift was over. The, the, That's work. That's the amount of refried beans they're going to. They have vats of it, and that. they need to keep it from sticking. You know, yes. just see that's just, the sort of job like the job. late nineties, two thousand. You yes. know, like that that job doesn't exist now. We no. don't have restaurants that have vats of refried beans. No, we're too busy starting like nonprofits it's, and going and flying around to wherever farm with our to table refried beans and oh, yeah. small batch artis- artisanal oh, yes. quantities. No, we're not going to wear a Bring uniform. Bring back the Bodor quantities. Like when of you when beans. you were in sixth grade, if someone looked at you and just said organic food like how would you have dog responded? food i would have thought it was dog food. i would literally be like my mom makes me lasagna like i wouldn't even know anything i wouldn't know i wouldn't understand Crash any part of that i remember that my organic? mom tried to go healthy with us one time and yeah. she made us eat eggplant parmesan and mm. that was to me the most like right everything else was like because we ate things like lasagna and just normal yeah. spaghetti and things like right, that. right and then like eggplant you're like oh this is what it feels Foreign. to be richard simmons yeah just <laughs> eating this eggplant is, parmesan yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and those stuffed bell pepper things that you know oh that, yeah she tried that once yeah too. stuffed with meat and cheese yeah probably still a, 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 a thousand or more and doritos pro. but yeah. here's what i don't understand <laughs> Crunched like up two doritos. Gen- the greatest generation like two generations ago like our grandparents they ate pretty bad, like grease and like, you know, just a lot of fattening stuff. They didn't have these like <laughs> conceptions or maybe misconceptions about nutrition. And they were, they were, uh, they lived a long time and they were healthy. Yeah, yeah but, my grandfather but, dropped dead from heart disease because yeah, he was yeah. overweight. Yeah, but. my grandfather ate uh, bacon and eggs every morning and all of a sudden just clocked out one day at yeah. whatever, 70 years old. But there's also a difference. Oh, is, uh, what, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still saying he, I mean, that's a relatively long yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I mean, he, he Jesse just trade-off. wants to hope that his trajectory of double stuffed Oreos and ice cream. <laughs> yeah, he's not seeing the benefits of eating healthy and depriving himself because right. we're all going to die about the same time anyway generally that's what, that's we're all what gonna like, yeah. what's the point man yeah. like I, at the end of the day it's like oh i'm 75 it's like oh i feel pretty good i thank thank god i for seven for seven decades of my life didn't eat anything i liked yeah yeah <laughs> so hey i have a question go back 15 years I 15 guess. years <laughs> i have been i've had one job for 15 years <laughs> oh my god isn't that weird yes yeah how old were you uh 24 Nine. You have really missed out on a very... I mean, I think you're fine. Like, I think you well, ended I, up okay. So I got, it worked out. Well, I got yeah. the idea for Relevant when I was 19. 
worked all through college and interning and right. trying to get experience and to kind of do the thing I want to do. Yeah. So five years later, when I was 24, I was able to... So in between, I had I, I had summer jobs at like different publications. Yeah. And then I had a job in Nashville yeah. working for a magazine company for a couple of years. I got mm-hmm. fired. And then I started Relevant. And so since 2000, June 1, 2000, I've had one job. So yesterday, we all went to lunch to sell because we go to lunch to celebrate people's anniversaries here at the company and so they staff took me to lunch to celebrate my work anniversary where'd they take you to lunch uh, we went to lime taco tuesday oh that's a nice yeah, place yeah mm, yeah and uh and, you know it's just weird that everybody's like you know like three years here two years here whatever and then i'm like yeah 15 years i've been the same same job now the job's changed a ton but i'm curious for you guys in those 15 years where i've been sitting at essentially the same desk oh my gosh oh man what's I've y'all's had, careers look like i've had i had 15 jobs probably Seriously? Oh yeah, because well, it wasn't through school. And stuff. I didn't have my first like adult job until the week before I turned thirty. That's when I started working at the church. But up until then, it was just like do sales at this place or do like uh, worked at random restaurants or I would lead worship at a friend's church. For did six any months. of the restaurants have vats and bodors? <laughs> and uh, yeah. and they, they did. Jesse's Seafood House in Seminole had vats of clam chowder, and Ugh. we would. Just, it was the worst place. <laughs> Um, that, that seems like something you wouldn't want to fat. Like that's like for some reason seafood doesn't seem yeah, like something that should be the made. The worst thing form. that's going to happen to refried beans is you're going to get that little skin on the top of the vat. Right, but well, not well, if you. Well, that's the whole point of the boat orca. Right, yeah. right, right, right. You just keep it fresh. You keep it uh, skinless. skinless. Yeah, oh, no, I would it, say no, it's basically the same thing as concrete. Like right. you know this little cement mix. Like it's why concrete. <laughs> totally. Are yep. That, I mean, it's the same principle of refried beans. It doesn't work with clam chowder. Yeah. Jesse Carey. <laughs> Once again, it's the same. Yeah, I would say, I, but I was glad for those 10 years because I still, like, whenever I think, like, my job is hard, I still remember, like, actually working. Like, I was, I worked at um, Office Depot. I sold uh, computers for a year. I was, like, a computer salesman. Like, on really? the floor. Like, you'd walk in, I had a blue shirt, black pants on, name Like tag. on the, uh, the movie uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, uh, where they worked at kind of a circuit yeah. city. I mean, we're not going to get into all that, but yes, I worked yeah. at a place. Yeah, for, for uh, yeah. yeah, I worked. So Office Depot in Lexington, Kentucky. Was it intellectually st- stimulating? Was it fun? It, well, no. It, okay, so there are a couple things that were hard. First of all, I was there, and I'm there. Everybody's like, "Oh, what's your story?" And you know, you kind of are like, well, "I'm going to be doing this for a year." Like last year of school, and everybody would say, "Like, yeah, that's what I thought, man." And I've been here for ten years. And was like, "Oh, interesting." I'm got to absolutely get out of this job at some point. And they were all super sad. But the hardest part was that old people would come in and say, like, I want to email, I want to, I want a computer so that I can have the email for my grandson, but I do not want to connect to the internet because they're going to steal my information. Like, <laughs> oh with, my. With not their grand, not their grandchildren would steal their information. Well, who knows? But. Those grandkids with their, you know, with their drugs and their vaping and their shoes, they're probably <laughs> yeah. going to steal and, it. And their organic diets. I remember back in the 90s when my parents got their first home computer. Yeah. Um, uh, and the internet, you know, dial up, whatever. My my mom uh, would leave the phone line that plugged into the modem yeah. unplugged. Yes. Um, because, you know, that's how the, the viruses and the hackers yeah. get into your computers through that phone line right. physically. And so that's, she would leave it unplugged, laying on the floor. And if you wanted to turn on the computer, you'd plug it in the phone. Line. Right. A- Eddie, can works. I just say, if I had that job, I would just to like make it enjoyable and just to like have some sort of satisfaction. I think I would I would preload every computer I sell to an old person with the most insane amount of spam and spyware that I. Could is, no, no, no. If you're in sales, what you got to do is scare them about the spam and upsell them to the 
Norton antivirus oh, and yeah. all those oh, things. Oh, that and a printer and a printer cable. Oh, yeah. They, that would be like literally. So I was, if you're in Kentucky, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn. Yeah. No, I think I will about this. <laughs> I think this is something that at this point in my life I can just be prideful about. Yeah. Um, salesman of the month. Probably five or six months. Oh, um, there it is. Yeah, in Kentucky. So the Office Depot in Lexington, Kentucky? Office Depot in Lexington, Kentucky. If you go back into the break room by the uh, by the bathrooms in the back left side of the store, you'll see a bunch of uh From plaques. what year? Do you think they have a statute of limitations? Like they cycle you guys? They probably off the wall? kept one up, or at least some bronze statue of me, because okay. I was I destroyed that place. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't I don't mean to brag to you, Eddie, but uh, I was a lifeguard for a period for a summer. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, this was this was a company that managed pools, a lot of pools. I, I mean, hundreds of pools, a lot of pools. hundreds okay. of pools. Like I mean, they were city they had pools? a monopoly. City pools are they called the Y? No, no, no. These are apartment complex pools. Oh, At the time, wow. for insurance reasons, it was cheaper if people just hi- if, if like an apartment would just hire a lifeguard. Huh. I understand. And so I don't know if it still works like that, but I, that's why at the time there's a company that popped up that would send lifeguards. To, they could pay the company and send lifeguards to pools for it was the apartments would save money on their insurance. Anyway, pool the pay period right here. Wow, Jesse. Shortly thereafter, I was reprimanded uh, for joining in uh, a few pool volleyball games. You, as the lifeguard, (laughs) got off your stand and played volleyball with the swimmers. To be fair, they asked me because they were a man down, Cameron. Yeah. (laughs) You know, maybe maybe I got a little cocky because I I was (laughs) at that pool to pay period certificate. Yeah. (laughs) And you didn't, you hadn't lost any on your watch in a couple weeks. And so, you know, everybody's able to swim. Or at least, I mean, drownings were at a minimum. Time. Joy, yeah. anything, or have you been just... Yeah, I mean, I, I was just sitting here silently because I didn't want to one-up you all, but here well. goes. Um, when I was in college, I was um, a hostess at a really expensive sushi restaurant in Santa Barbara, California, and, like, rich people would come up from L.A. There was, like, some famous football player. I don't remember who it was. He came in, but I didn't care about that because one night, Mary Kay Olsen came in. And it was the highlight of my life, and I got to see her. That's a good story about Those are actual jobs. Unemployment, yeah. Yeah. That's work. Yeah. Wait, Cameron, back to you real quick. You Maybe you've talked about this on the podcast before, and I missed it, but you got fired from your job in Nashville? Yeah, I was managing editor of five magazines as a fresh college graduate at 22 years old. So that tells you the caliber of the- playing pool volleyball on the clock too many times. (laughs) (laughs) So it tells you the caliber of the company I was working for. You know, good, wise decisions, hiring inexperienced 22-year-olds to be managing editor of five magazines. Um, okay, I know that, but you were probably pretty good at it, though, right? I mean, you kind of had a, Actually, I had a really good boss. I learned a lot. Yeah. I, I learned a ton, and that's why I wanted to go there. I wanted to, like, just kind of, like, pour everything I had into gaining every bit of experience I could. Because yeah. a 22-year-old who's, like, smart and actually thinks they can change the world, like, is actually really good. Like, I would love to work. I bet it was interesting. Was I, I learned, I, again, I learned a ton, I mean, yeah. about the reality of how to do what we because the only the only you know job experience i had or observing publishing was the publishing company that my parents run and it was very big and very conservative and this was a small startup and it was a very different experience it was great anyway the reality is is i was i had a a bigger goal of one day starting a thing called relevant and um uh, i gave 110 percent to the job Mm -hmm. Uh, absolutely i wanted to golden rule you know yeah. be the employee that i would want to have one day yeah. and um but at night you know i'd go home and work on business plans and buy domain names and try to just like make a dream reality and uh, i didn't think that it was a competing thing at all but 
Um, yeah. They ultimately did, and they just said it's a conflict of interest, and they walked me out the door. But aren't those kind of moments, like those moments that are just like you get fired, or it's just like crushing defeat that you look back on, and you're like, this was this was pivotal. Because had they not fired you and you'd climbed up the ranks there and had more and more success, like who knows how long you would have It would have been a one-day thing, but yeah. I mean, this was the thing, like I felt right. pushed in the deep end. And it's like, well, if not now, when? I'm 24. I have no... I went in a relationship. I have no mortgage. I mean, if I fail miserably, it won't, you know, I can rebound. I can do yeah. something else. You're just disconnected enough to do something kind of reckless. Yeah, in exactly. A, in a totally okay way. That's exactly what happened. And yeah. and six months later, I was a hundred grand in debt and realizing I had no idea what to do. And, and I was in the deep end, but Which fine. Cause Cohen's not waiting for dinner and <laughs> you got, you can figure it out. Like yeah. it's going to work out. Yeah. And it, and it did. So yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know enough and you're naive enough to just say yes and mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, I got fired because of that. Yeah. Not because of performance, hopefully. But. Well, congratulations. <laughs> um, or I don't know. Vo- or pool volleyball. I, um, I brought a, well, I, is this a Time. This we, is a, we did, I wanted to do gifts. Oh, I, gifts. I thought, yeah, Thanks. I thought it was a nice way. And I thought, what do you give the person who has everything? I don't know that you have everything, but it's just a There's way. A few to, things I'd like to. Have. It's a way to start it. Well, I was going to get you the Apple Watch, but you know, you went ahead and got it. <laughs> um, so I, um, I thought about what I was doing also 15 years ago, and I was climbing the ranks of the the music world. Right. You know, we were. Yeah. Both in okay, both in our climbing the charts, climbing the charts. Um, the emotional and by, and charts. By, the, by the music world, you mean uh, coffee shops that hadn't yet banned uh, are musicians that only play Dave Matthews covers. I would say I want to joke back <laughs> with that you. The world of music, you were Paul. I want to joke back, but I would say that's basically exactly the world <laughs> that we were that we were climbing. Dude, are they are they playing Dave Matthews? Are yeah, they play, get them out. So get in them ni- out. In 1999, I played one show uh, with my first band. It was called Foxy Mrs. Baker. Was the name of the band, and we were really good. But let me ask. Oh, no, no, you, no, were actually, there any no, women in the band? No, no, no. That okay. was the bass player's mom. Okay. Was <laughs> so this is like a Mrs. Robinson. No, so thing. it wasn't creepy at all. Then. No, it wasn't. And no. she thought it was funny, so okay. it was okay. She was actually at every. Was she show. foxy? You know, I don't know about that, but she was a nice lady, and she's made us dinner a lot. So that so was it wasn't a her. Mrs. Robinson situation. No, no, no. Gosh, no, no, um, no. Um, but we I did. Seen that movie we either, did a. Actually, you know what? We should do this in reverse. Red Letter, of course, the Dave Matthews cover band. Um, we did one demo, and I it's no one has heard this outside of my family, and I guess that's about it. 400,000 people yeah. are about just, to. But I brought it for you. This is... Just, just for clarity, what are you what are you doing? What are we listening to? This is a gift. He brought a gift for me. I mean, what is your role? What did you do? I think my primary role is leadership. Um, <laughs> secondarily, in Confidence. this band, you're going to hear a second acoustic guitar that isn't quite fitting in. That's where I really Were you singing? Yeah. I'm not singing. No, I'm not it, singing. I'm, I'm singing harmony when we do it live, but we thought that maybe for the recording, I was just a touch, a touch pitchy. Yeah. I t- well, I, I'll say this, I, Eddie's. To clear, Eddie's being humble about his role. Yeah. Because you know how people are like, you know, this guy's uh, the the brains. This guy's the looks. Right. Yeah. Eddie was the looks in the body. I was. Of, mm-hmm. of this band. Yeah. yeah. I of, just, of Foxy Mrs. Brown. No, the first one's Red Letter. Second this band. This is Red Letter. Dancing okay. Nancy's. So I this just is, wanted to give you a piece this of this. This is Red Letter uh, with their cover of Dancing Nancy's, A Gift to Me. And this I is think what to, you were doing 15 years and ago. And to Earth. And, to and, Earth. And, and, and can I just say that the value of this is so much... So much higher than that of an iWatch. Yeah, right. <laughs> or even just a nice gift certificate to Ponderosa. Actually, Cameron, I think I think even even if you were to give Eddie your Apple Watch right now as a show of gratitude, right. it still wouldn't even touch the value yeah. of these songs. No. <laughs> All right, okay, here it let's is. Let's hear it dancing. 
Oh, yeah. That's not me. That's my roommate, James. Could I have been... I just did it live. There you go. <laughs> so, hold on, I'll get you one more harmony. Anyone other than me? Back to you. So that was uh, the band. So we wow. recorded that demo. Eddie, that song, <laughs> that song, that song can I, took can I us. Can I just say real quick, Eddie? Yeah. That if you listen really carefully, you can hear a door opening and then quickly closing. <laughs> <laughs> That's me walking into a copy shop and going, "Oh, oh, right." This is the word. <laughs> we actually recorded this. We were able to borrow a friend's reel-to-reel, and we recorded this on analog. And because it was so echoey, we were all underneath this like blanket fort thing to stop the echoing. It must have been. 200 degrees, and I almost passed out. But that's what you do for the art. The second one I wanted to bring you, um, I think that this is for you and also for Kevin and Toby and Michael. This was uh, this was my band in 1999, our only show at Gasoline Alley in St. Petersburg. We did t- one cover song. Here it is. What was it called, the band? Foxy Mrs. Baker. Oh. Gosh. Supernatural by DC Talk. Like that tempo. It's, it's floating. Yeah. Wow. Now listen to that drummer. Chris Woolever. He's a good drummer. Eddie, Eddie, was there a line six pedal in play in that point? Oh, how many line six pedals were there? There were dozens of them. So that was us doing Supernatural. Wow. I was Eddie. on, thanks. Are you sure that wasn't just a recording of the actual song off yeah. the CD? Because I'm, that I'm not sure. Good. Anyhow, I just wanted to give that to you. Congratulations on uh, doing a lot more with your life in oh, 15 years oh, than man, I was doing back dude. then. Well, hey, listen, the future's bright for all of us. Here, <laughs> right. uh, so, hey, speaking of the anniversaries this year, it's 15 years for the company. Yeah. And this year's 10 years for the podcast. I can't believe oh, wow. that. 10 years we've been doing this. Can I this say something? Thing. I don't know that I knew what a podcast was three years ago, four years ago. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah. like maybe I'm behind it, but I think five years ago at least. Yeah. Like, were people, was podcasting a thing hey, 10 the, years the, ago? The week that was we. Was one of the first? It was, hey, I'll tell you this. The first few months that we launched, we were in the top 100 at iTunes because there were about 104 podcasts in existence. And <laughs> we, we were crocking. Two of them were by accident. Yeah. <laughs> we were like we were hovering in the top twenty there when we first started, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, we were early on it and we didn't know what we were doing. Nobody did, and we just started doing this, and it's evolved to this. But I'm bringing that up, the ten year thing. It's in August. Ten years is in August. Um, I'm not going to say specifics because we have another meeting later today. But listeners, long time listeners, we are doing an event. Yes. To celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the podcast, it will be probably in mid to late August. Uh-huh. It will be here in Orlando. People, it will feature some the, of the music you just heard. <laughs> uh, it, there will be a live experience, and we would love for our friends and, and listeners to come. So block so, off mid to late August. Just the whole, just wipe it off on your calendar and just know that at some point, enough details will come out in the coming weeks that you can actually make plans to come down and join us. Palooza is happening. Relapalooza. I am genuinely really excited it's gonna about this. It's going to be so fun. Gonna I'm cool. just going to throw this out there. If Eddie's going to be doing a, his... Uh, 
his rendition of DC Talk again uh, in sixth grade. Megan Flynn and I lip synced uh, Got to Be True, Stephen Curtis Chapman and Toby mm. Mac and wore our brother's clothes. Mm. We actually, I think we wore braided belts. <laughs> <laughs> we had to. And backwards hats. The Perfect. only belts so there were. I'm, I'm just offering that. Got if, to if Be True came out in 96. You were in sixth grade when? Was this around 2000? Was this around the same time? Yeah, that uh, I was, I was. Um, How old were you in 2000? I was in sixth grade. I graduated high school in 2000. Oh, then, oh, so okay, you're 32, well then, 33. You graduated high school in 2000, so you were not in sixth grade in 2000. I was just trying to think where you were 15 years ago. You're graduating I, high school. I know we did got to be true, and I swear it was in middle school. I don't think I would have been doing that in high school, but maybe. <laughs> just to be fair, when you say graduating high school, you meant you just like left. You went outside. You went out. Yeah, you left the house. I got out of the basement. <laughs> right. My mom was like, "Good job. I, maybe you can try to get into college somewhere." You did it. We don't actually have any record of you doing schooling, but I'm sure. <laughs> no, you'll I get went in. to public high school. Oh, <laughs> there you yeah. go. So you got a one up on me there, Joy. So <laughs> congratulations on that diploma. Hey, did you have a graduation from from homeschool? Absolutely not. No, I didn't. What, what happened? Just like you had a got, special pancakes that morning, and no, I, uh, I one day my mom was like, "Oh, you should probably get a GED," and I was like, "Am I old enough to do that?" She's like, "Yeah, probably." How so old went, were you? Uh, I think I was like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, and uh, did she just run out of stuff to teach you? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, like, eh, we did. Bored. This is before the internet was really huge. Like with my homeschooling, so it's, you know, you go and you just buy a lot of books and you kind of just read them. <laughs> so <laughs> like, yeah, it seems like probably time. You're probably we've, the age. We've yeah. read enough. Yeah, we've sure. read enough. Now go get your GED. And I was, I didn't think I was going to pass. I actually passed. I have my GED. I mean, I don't have the document, but I know it exists somewhere in the world. Yeah, I, I read a lot. I mean, I was expecting to find a box cartridge. Children section of the GED test. I was prepared for it. There you go. All right, it's time for entertainment releases. Hey, uh, sorry to interrupt here, but I'm a really big, important person, and I have you know? to go to another meeting. So I'm sorry, I can't <gasps> oh, stand. Wow. You know, I'm always up on all the oh, cool. entertainment. Oh, no. cool. I have to too. It's a pool. It's a pool volleyball game. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, we all <laughs> have to go. Actually, Joy. So we're going to cut you off. You're not quitting. Yeah. We're all leaving. We quit. We quit on you. Well, oh, thanks, yeah. Joy. I sorry. Really sad about missing the game. So if someone can send me the questions uh, aside, I guarantee I can nail it. Because if this is trivia from 2000, that's like yeah. that's stuff that I'm looking at right yeah. now. Yes, you're Have a nice lunch I with just- your mom. <laughs> Good luck with lunch with your mom and taking the cats to the vet. Exactly. Really big time stuff. Big day right. for you. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye buddy. All right. So, okay. Entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, June 9th. Muse is coming out with drones. Ooh, Muse. You like Muse? I love Muse. I love 2007. I yeah. love. <laughs> it was they a good on, year. They, they they graced the cover at yeah. that point. Yeah, no, they're great. Yeah. I feel like they yeah. they're one of the few bands they continue to change uh-huh. their sound. Yeah. and stay current. Sure, yeah, current to 2007. <laughs> and in defense, and in defense of Muse, if you listen to their stuff from 2007, it ages well. It doesn't sound like 2007 music. Of uh, Monsters and Men is coming out with Beneath the Skin. Now they you've you've you heard them at the beginning of the show, so you know they're evolving their sound. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's see what the Lumineers do next. Yeah. Balls in yeah. your court, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, just break up. Uh, Pins is coming out with Wild Night. Now, Pins is oh, this is the this is the girl. So her name is Julie Pinson, and she's a soap opera actress, and she's playing the role of uh, Janet Cicone. Cocone. Playing the role. Playing the role of on As the World Turns. Okay. She's a soap opera actress. Can I ask you this? Is is the album in character? <laughs> it's very if dramatic. The, only if we're lucky. Yeah. Only if we're lucky. It's so this say. is kind of a Zoe Deschanel uh, sort of she and him situation where yeah. here's an actress who has a great singing ability. She's doing 
music as well. Yeah, and I only checked out a few tracks. It's, it's, it's kind of a cool. Jamie Foxx situation. Ja- exactly like Jamie yeah. Foxx, and it sounds just the same. Yeah, so Pins with Wild Night. Yeah. Uh, if you like Jamie Foxx, check it out. Uh, <laughs> no Joy is coming out with More Faithful. Sounds mm-hmm. like some churches I know. Yep. And FFS is coming out with a uh, self-titled album. It's a collaboration between Franz Ferdinand and Sparks. So that's why it's FFS. Franz yeah. Ferdinand, Ferdinand Sparks. Sparks. Yeah, FFS. yeah, the and the and's not in there. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. So Movies coming out on Friday, June 12th. Really... Nothing wants to compete with Jurassic World. Oh man, I am so pumped and so are you, nervous. Are you? I, I Jurassic Park is kind of my Star Wars. Like I, I, I love Jurassic Park. But, um, but let me let me ask you this, Jeremiah. How old were you when when the first Jurassic Park came out? Oh, man, what year did it come out? I don't even remember. Well, let me let me ask. Was because I remember for me, I don't remember my exact age, but I do remember being young enough where I literally had to beg my parents to go. And this is like pre-internet where parents could go on and see oh. like every profanity and every yeah. time a dinosaur, you know, how violently a dinosaur kills someone. Yeah, I, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw I didn't see a lot of stuff in theaters when I was younger, but I did see it on VHS from Blockbuster. But you were homeschooled. You had all this time on your hands. Wasn't that like a field trip well, going think, to the <laughs> movie theater? I had, and it's pretty much an educational movie. Right, yeah. It's very true to science. <laughs> but I had nine siblings, so imagine how much that cost. Like, we couldn't even get soda going to McDonald's because it's like, okay, that's an extra 50 bucks. No, you can get soda. <laughs> you order one large and eight water cups. <laughs> yeah, one large, nine <laughs> straws, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. in any place you have free refills, you don't need to order nine Cokes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I didn't see it Pro in theaters. Tip. I saw it. I saw it on VHS. Uh, I don't remember when, but it definitely rocked rocked my world. So nostalgically, I'm going to be really excited to watch yeah. it. But it just it it kind of looks bad to me. Uh, no, I, I've heard I've heard it's actually pretty good. That the early oh, reviews that I've read. Are okay, good. Well, well I mean, if you're not in the mood for it, uh, there is a movie I forgot to mention on last week's podcast that came out. Uh, you know, last week, uh, Love and Mercy, the the biopic oh, okay. on uh, Brian. Brian Wilson's life. That I am actually really excited and about. And by the way, Jesse was taught by me this week that the correct pronunciation of the word is biopic, not biopic. Unless. No way. Unless no, this is you, the truth. This, this is, is real? Truth. For I always called it biopic. So did I. Because it's a biographical picture. picture. Yeah. And uh, somebody in our, one of our meetings was calling it a biopic, and I made fun of them, and they were incredulous and looked it up and the British pronunciation is biopic and the no American way. pronunciation is biopic. Well, let me ask you this. Where, where, what was their source for this? The internet. So it has to be true because everything right. that's on that is true. So I, since then, since I was taught biopic, it's biopic. I'm going to do some, I'm not doubting you, but I am going to do some additional research. Because it sounds backwards. It sounds like the Brits would say biopic and we would say biopic. Yeah, it makes you seem really pretentious, even yeah. though you're saying it right. Well, that's what pretension is, right? That you know <laughs> you're right. That is true. That yeah. is true. Touche. So, and, and I'm always going to decide, decide with the Americans over the, the British, <laughs> yeah. uh, dating back hundreds of years. That's just the position I've chosen to take. But I'm going to do some research on it. Great. Yeah. Long yeah. live freedom. All right. So biopics and, and dinosaurs. There's your options. All right. Well, that'll do it for entertainment releases and your uh, anniversary, uh, I don't know, nostalgia. And uh, enjoy leaving abruptly. There you go. Just a stay, normal front matter. Stay tuned. Yeah. Up next, slices. We're like a broken record, record. Going in circles, turning back this track again. Back where we started. Like a broken record. It all seems so endless. Always looking back again. Skipping and repeating. We're like.
like a broken record, record. Listening to Soy Sauce. The song is Broken Record featuring Joni Futura. A lot of sodium in that record. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard <laughs> of Monsters and Men with their new single, Empire. Now, uh, Empire, it's not the Derek Minor Empire, nor is it the Hillsong United Empires. It's of Monsters and Men. It's a different empire. empire. Speaking, of, right. speaking of Derek Minor. What'd you uh, talk to him about, Eddie? I know he's coming up for sure. Good to have him. Hello. Hey, I was at a meeting like a week or two ago, and and, and uh, Derek Miner was there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and so I met him, and I didn't bring up the podcast right. of the double dipping on the interview, Right. but I happened to have a copy of the magazine with me that he was in, Yeah. and I was like, hey, have you seen it? And he hadn't yet, so it was a nice little icebreaker, and he was really grateful for us covering him and stuff, and I didn't tell him how much we've covered him. Just t- dozens of times. Just many, many times. We keep running the Derek Miner interview. It's, it's <laughs> 10 years of Derek Miner. He's celebrating. Really nice the guy. life of he's, Derek. He's actually going to be coming through Florida in the fall, and he wants to come in the studio and do something. So oh, cool. So oh, we'll just like, play his old interview again when he comes yeah. in, <laughs> and then we'll kind of sit down and do kind of a jam thing. We'll just sit down and li- we'll all listen to it together. <laughs> I should him. just have my tailor in studio in case there's ever yeah. an opportunity. We should yeah. do a commentary mm-hmm. of the interview that we've already done yeah. with oh. Derek Miner. Uh, like those of you have no style. idea what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> back in March, we ran an interview with Derek Miner here on the podcast, and uh, also with you know uh, ran it the same segment again. Uh, about a month ago, inadvertently. Un- unknowingly, inadvertently. Uh, yeah. I will tell you, my I think the funniest response I got from all that was Chad texted me that night and was like, "Um, Derek Minor question mark?" And I was like, "Oh, it's we love him. We're we're figuring it out." But it was like <laughs> he was paying attention. Like as soon as it went up, he was like, "Uh, that's really funny." So it goes, uh, awesome. Yeah, Jeremiah's doing doing it now, and we are, you know, obviously it's way better. Way better. <laughs> this isn't a comparison, you know? Okay, you're, okay. You're producer of the month. Am I as good as your last boyfriend? It's like one of those <laughs> discussions. Well, hopefully you are. Hopefully, hopefully you're better than your last boyfriend, or else, I mean, you don't want to downgrade, right? I've done it. This is I've been, interesting. I've been, I've been the downgrade before. You Have guys. you been the downgrade? <laughs> I've been the downgrade before. This is not Wait, did she time. let you know you were a downgrade? Yeah, I mean, she didn't say specifically you're a downgrade, uh, but she. But was you saw like, pictures. Oh yeah, I mean this. You know, many times this happened. But what like, I mean, maybe did you feel like a downgrade? I oh mean, yeah. Just, well, like, I felt way more like a downgrade when she went back to the other guy. Oh yeah, which happened to multiple occasions. Yeah, yeah well, and, and she said the reason for breaking up was you know being with you. I really see what I was missing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, the organization, the Center for Science and in the Public Interest, has recently announced the winner of their 2015 Extreme Eating Awards. Oh, perfect. And uh, I love when these types of lists come out. So basically what they did is they went to 200 of those popular chain restaurants in the United States and tried to find (laughs) the 10 absolute worst meals you could possibly consume and, you know, they've created this, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek award to raise awareness about the poor quality of food that's out there. Now, I will say Casa Bonita did not make the list. Oh, shocking. So I do question how accurate it is. Um, but along with uh, naming a 1 through 10 of each of these meals, they've also added some comparisons because you can see just how bad the meal is for you. Any, any guesses <laughs> as to what chain 
this year was had the the honor of taking the number one spot. It's kind of not really fair when I explain it, but just the chain that is I, the number one spot of the Uno. place you can get the worst Uno. meal. Cheesecake Factory. Pizzeria Uno. Cheesecake Factory is on is on the list twice, but it is not the number one spot. I'd say number one. I thought I thought I read years ago that Uno Pizzeria Uno had the worst I could see entree. I could see that because like it, the thick pizza. Yeah, yeah, it was like their yeah. 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 I'll what, say what this. That? I'll say this, Cameron. Uh, oh, uh, you're Olive not Garden? far away. Is it Olive Garden? Uno comes in at number five with oh, okay. their two for uh, two for twelve dollars pick and choose combo, which you can order for up to uh, uh, two thousand one hundred ninety calories. Wow. Oh, I'm food. I'm gonna go, I am I'm gonna go Olive Garden with that breadstick sandwich. <laughs> it it's is not, not the enough. breadstick it's sandwich. Not um, yeah. The the correct answer. Is Red Lobster? Uh, oh yeah, but, those- he, but it was sort of a loophole. But I guess technically, it, it's some—it's a meal that you can order. It's a create-your-own combination. Okay. Oh. But within the confines of, of of what you can order for that particular meal, you can get something. <laughs> and the Cheddar Bay, the Cheddar Bay brisket, a uh, biscuit, and French fries don't help. Uh, but uh, that's included. The but bis- if you were the, order- those cheese biscuits are like four hundred calories a piece. Yeah, they're no joke. They're a meal, a bite, yeah. or a meal, wow. a biscuit. Like yeah. you eat that, and you're like, yeah, that's probably what we should be doing for this meal. Yeah. So hypothetically, take. for that meal, you could order the jumbo shrimp, Walt's favorite, shrimp linguine Alfredo with a side of Caesar salad, French fries, and a cheddar bay biscuit, and you would be consuming two thousand seven hundred and ten <gasps> calories. Wow. Oh, man. But you know, here's the deal: that person who orders that, they're not having one biscuit. Please, you can't have. They're going to have five. They're going to have the. They're going to bring out a basket of six. That person's eating five of them, leaving one for their friend. That is so. They're they're just tack on another you know eighteen hundred calories. That is an unbelievable amount. But let's say let's say that you ordered the this and you only ate one biscuit, but you ordered the margarita, which you're allowed to do as well. It would be like eating an eight piece bucket of KFC chicken with four sides of mashed potatoes and gravy. Four pieces of corn on the cobs and eight packets of buttery spread. That's the equivalent. Wow. Okay, listen, I don't want to take this down too serious a note, but is there a point where you start to feel bad as a company about offering that as an option? I know people make their own decisions, but wouldn't you just feel terrible about yeah, that? I, I, you know what I'm for? Freedom, Eddie. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't need Uncle Sam telling me how many cheddar biscuits I can eat. <laughs> right. I get you, Obama. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like I got you. I mean, there's organizations like this publishing list. It's, I'm, I'm broadcasting this out there. This yeah. is the free market at work, it, Eddie. Yeah, free market. We're giving the information. People can do what they want with that Boy. information. Yeah, I yeah, commie. St- yeah, com- go, go give me my rations of organic hummus. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still just feel bad stirring a paddle of, you know, with my paddle stirring whatever 10,000 calorie thing you're about to serve somebody. I'd feel awful <laughs> well, as the cook. Number two, I'll just read the top five. Yeah. Number two, uh, Dickie's Barbecue Pit, three meat plate. Uh, it sound it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a a combination of uh, three things: Polish sausage, uh, beef brisket, uh, pulled pork, uh, or a number of other meat options that they offer, along with a couple sides. Um, they said if you were to order it, it's like having three Big Macs and five vanilla cones from McDonald's. Oh, wow! Uh, Outback Steakhouse uh, uh, herb roasted prime rib uh, is twenty four hundred calories. The Cheesecake Factory. Here you go. <laughs> Louisiana chicken pasta, nearly 2,400 calories. Mm. Wow. Here was the most disturbing one on that I felt like was on the list because it's just a single item. A large order of uh, a vanilla ice cream mixed with pineapple, salted caramel, pie crust, 
topped with whipped cream. It's called Sonic's Pineapple Upside Down uh, Master Blast. <laughs> that alone uh, contains over 2,000 calories. Wow. It's roughly the equivalent of eating four Dairy Queen banana splits. Wow, do they even man. think about like how many calories that's going to be while they're creating? Like, Do they have a cap or they just like – just throw it all in there, whatever that number ends up being. And how do they make it with that many calories? Like, how is that, like, the chicken pasta one? How has that got 2,000 calories? Like, I don't know if I was trying to make a serving of that, if I could figure out how to make it 2,000 calories. Do you think that they know that these urine lists are coming out, and they're just upping the ante every year with <laughs> junk that they can well, put in them? I'm some not saying opposed to that, market. Some do. Like, you know, like Burger King will do, like, the, or whatever it is, does the double down and stuff. Like, there's some for novelty, but I don't think, like, I would say, I, I mean, I'm guessing that, these all sound like they're trying to have legit entrees, but two, over 2,000 calories. Everything but the Master Blaster. The Master Blaster, they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. But yeah, the Cheesecake that, that, Factory. That is like the equivalent of half the vat of refried beans. <laughs> Golly. You don't eat one of those Master Blasters every night? That's what yes, you have. Isn't that what you... Just not, you, not you, and, you and Warren Buffett. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Joy's dad. You know, yeah, do you know this? Other than, other than uh, a few billion dollars between us and our bank accounts, me and Warren Buffett are a lot alike in that we eat a 2,000-calorie milkshake every single night. Before. A master bat blaster just before you tuck yourself into bed, and it all just sits there. Yeah, I mean, you sleep pretty well. You're in a coma, essentially. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I pulled up Pizzeria Uno's website, unos.com, right? Because I'm sitting there listening to these calories, and I'm going, no, th- this isn't – I mean, th- there's worse stuff out there. I mean, these 2,400, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's amateur. You order uh, the 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 regular you know uh, the regular Chicago classic pizza pizzeria uno yeah um, is forty five hundred calories and the calories from fat twenty nine hundred calories from fat and that's for just one for one pizza one regular pizza. That not, being said, I'm starving right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm super hungry. Now. I could go for a two thousand calorie pizza, slice of pizza and a master blaster. <laughs> 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 All right, what do you have, Eddie? Well, a cautionary tale. For uh, the summer, we are all getting into the summer spirit. It is June, of course. Uh, and uh, learn an interesting story this week. I was actually sad that uh, that Joy signed off because this would be just right up her alley of just crazy, crazy illnesses that she probably thinks she may have, and we could just tell her she has, and she'd believe it. <laughs> but a week before his wedding, a gentleman named Aaron Pierce uh, got his hands burnt severely. And you think, oh, this story is going to be a bummer, like he was cooking or something happening. No, no, no. What he was doing is he was making uh, margaritas outside with his bride-to-be uh-huh. over the Memorial Day weekend. As people many did. people did. Right. They're probably not yeah. alcoholic. I mean, They're just putting, this is America, isn't it? It is America, and we make margaritas, right? If, if uh, that place, Casa non, Bonita, I mean, non-Christians do. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Oh, no, I would. Right. I would You're never. talking about, you, you must be referring to virgin margaritas, which I, I'm assuming, right, Eddie? Absolutely. Right. Okay. I would never. Ugh, who just, would ever want anything but that? Who would, yeah, put tequila into their body. Continue. <laughs> so anyway, so a uh, Little, uh, he's making it, and apparently, I've been told, though I don't know, you put lime juice in a margarita. I'm not sure. I've never had anything other than uh, water and grape juice. But um, maybe some sinner can write in and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> some sinner. <laughs> um, so a uh, little bit of lime juice runs down his hands. No big deal. So a day later, this man. Uh, starts developing these burns all over his skin. Within 48 hours, he is in the ER because his hands are basically burning. It turns out that there is a very, uh, a, a very unknown but not altogether rare thing when you get the acid from like citrus on your hands and arms, and then you it makes your skin really susceptible to sunburn. 
And so if you're outside and you get a little bit of orange juice or something on your hands and then the sun hits it, it may actually cause your hands to burn. It's called phyto... Who really cares, right? I cannot possibly pronounce that word. I tried three times in preparation for this. But it says they said it can take years to bleach your skin back to normal. So it's just what? a cut. Years. So because it, it turns really, really pink, and it's like a oh, really, wow. really bad third degree burn all over your arm and hand. Citrus and sun don't mix. I mean, because like I remember back in the nineties. <laughs> totally, I know exactly uh, where you're pe- going. People, you know, we live near the beach. <laughs> yeah, people would uh, want a little summer look, a little light right. in their hair. Right, put a little lemon juice in your hair and head to the beach. A little sun in. Boom, nailed it. Yeah, uh, looking good. So lemons, <laughs> carrots. <laughs> that stuff smelled amazing. Yeah, so... It smelled like Skittles. <laughs> it's just, smelled so good. Uh, so celery, some kinds of oranges, parsnips. Dill can also inflame the skin. So I just wanted to tell you dill. all about that. Yeah, don't even mess around with dill. I eat a lot of pickles. Yeah, but but well, I usually well, do them inside, late at night, while I'm alone. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't want to... That, that's a shame kind of time. You don't want to be out in the open. With yeah, them. I'm not going out with friends and having a good time in the sun and bringing a vat of pickles with hey, me. Hey, guys, let's, let's all no, go I, down to I Daytona Beach and grab some pickles. Cameron, when my pagan neighbors mm-hmm. are out enjoying, you know, <laughs> margaritas and mimosas and yeah. sangria, yeah. you know, all the devil's brew, Right. you know, I am just pickling out in the driveway. <laughs> Well, you better be careful. Just active pickling, and you know, I, it's a risk I You're run. You're playing with fire. I'm setting an example to the neighborhood. That's true. Phytophotodermatitis is what it's Phyto called. Phytophotodermatitis. Dermatitis. And uh, it's real. And according to this doctor, uh, everyone is susceptible. But not everyone gets it. But everyone is susceptible. So I just want to do some fear mongering and just say and give you the warning to make your citrus beverages inside. Don't do it outside. And and if you're like me, uh, uh, bring your pickling operation indoors. I think that's really the lesson. It doesn't say this specifically in the article, right. but quit pickling outside. Yeah. People, America, stop enough. outdoor pickling. Yeah. Stop outdoor We need to raise awareness about outdoor pickling. Yeah. And I think, that's, I think that's what we've done today on this show with this slice. That's so. good. You're well, welcome. I'm going to need some help. Uh, I have about seven massive vats of vinegar in my front, strewn about the front yard that yeah. I'm going to need some Vinegar's okay. It's the dill. When you add the dill, that you got to be careful. Then we got a real problem. Yeah. yeah. Huge Use problem. gloves. That's yeah. what we're saying. 15 years irrelevant. That was the slice I just brought. I like it. I like <laughs> yeah. it. It's come full circle. <laughs> really? really speaking, the stuff that's affecting our generation. Living the dream of a young Cameron Strang, hoping that someday <laughs> we'd day. be changing the voice. <laughs> Changing the voice of a generation and leading culture. Hey, but in fairness, right now, what I'm picturing, Cameron, is some guy in the hospital. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> right? in, in one of those full body casts that only his mouth. Is. <laughs> eye holes. Okay. He's got to have eye holes. He's, yeah, eye holes and a mouth. And, and his, and his, yeah. and his uh, limbs are suspended on those pulley things. Yeah. Full body cast. Yeah, full body. And all he said. That, that he fell into a vat of dill. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> And all he can say, he just keeps saying over and over. I should have listened. Yeah. Tell, I should have listened. Just, That's a life that could have been he's changed. He's saying, tell Cameron. Tell Cameron. <laughs> Outdoor Dill. He must be my voice. Tell Cameron. <laughs> Thank you, Cameron. No one will end up like me again. <laughs> Fifteen years. Uh, Jeremiah. I see you have a phone. Yeah. Are you are you prepared to fill in the Joy Egridge slice hole? Well, I'm sure going to try. Two weeks ago was my first episode uh, on this podcast. And uh, during entertainment releases, yeah. we talked about Cameron Crowe's new film. Right, which Aloha, is terrible. Which uh, Jesse... Have, have you seen it, Cameron? Do I, all I know is I live my life by what Rotten Tomatoes tells me. And Rotten Tomatoes told me is 8%. 
the guy in the cast said it was a waste of time. <laughs> and, and, all, and he has nothing <laughs> else to do <laughs> than watch stuff. Don't see that movie. Yeah. Don't see <laughs> the Kimber Crow movie. <laughs> The guy that fell into a vat of dill of outdoor dill. sunbathing and right. ended up in the hospital. And for some reason, his jaw is now wired shut. <laughs> He's not recommended you see Aloha. Don't yeah. see Aloha. It's sort of racist. Don't see it. Well, that, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to bring up because Jesse made a comment. Well, Cameron Crowe is not offending anybody before the film came out. Right. And now the film has come out. Right. Uh, it is said to be terrible. Right. I haven't seen it. But well, Jesse, and Jesse told me the other night when I pointed out uh, this ranking that it's in Cameron Crowe's defense, Jesse's an uh, an apologist. Yeah, he said. I am. He said, "Listen, it, maybe it's not terrible. Uh, it's just maybe a little too ambitious." That's what Jesse said. That's I, what I said. I said. I from the criticism that I read, it was just a swing and a miss. Like he swung for the fence and it just <laughs> and he missed the ball completely. It was but, a whiff. But yeah, you yeah. want to go see a single, a double? No, you want to see a home run. That's home what run. you want to see. Yeah. he's trying to give you what you want. Right. He just wasn't able to this time. Right. And I was gonna say, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of filmmakers that can stand in their lane and put one right down the middle. They come out all the time. <laughs> you want to see? You want to see someone going for it? Man. You want to see something glorious or a glorious disaster? Right. Right. That's what you want. Exactly. You're going to get one or the other. I'll yeah. tell you that. You're so not you going to get a safe, boring movie. Cameron no. Crowe or Oliver Stone, are they both do exactly. the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well done. So, uh, But yeah, this new film, Aloha, is apparently uh, doing what Eddie normally does, which is offending a large group of people mm-hmm. uh, because they cast Emma Stone yes. in a role that was supposedly supposed to be for a local, like Hawaiian heritage local. And no she's, way. Uh, she's about as opposite as yeah, Polynesian. Right. And he, he's saying that, you know, he has heard the criticisms. I apologize. But it was, you know, this is actually based on a real redhead person who has a Hawaiian heritage. And so he's saying it's based on a real person, but it hasn't helped that people are really upset that he kind of, what they're saying is he whitewashed uh White. Well, kind of like the criticism mm. against a lot of the kind of Bible mm-hmm. entertainment that's been coming yeah. out is like white Jesus. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So now it's white, red, redhead Hawaiian. That is. So anyway, I just thought that What's was. What's he going to do? Is he going to recut the movie and re-release it? <laughs> yeah. He's just going to. He's always going to Photoshop someone in there just the whole time. Oh yeah. That's less offensive. Like those. Like those uh, vines where they just kind of put the the, <laughs> the heads on. Yeah. It'll kind of clip. like South Park style. Yeah. With like the mouth. Just yeah. The jibber jab one. Yeah. 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 I mean that that's much less. Way less offensive. Right. So that's good. It's a good, good. It's a little short, but it was a good first slice. Yeah, I'm not trying to come in here. A little culture beat. Little yeah, I don't want to kick the doors down. Let's no, it was just, good. You know, it, it, so was, he was it, was to, it was sort of you know directly in the face of something that I said, but I'll remember. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, and you had a little jab at me in the middle. A of A little it. jab. Yeah. He had a couple yeah. jabs. He wasn't actually, swinging for the fences. Yeah. Though. In no. retrospect, we actually did not like that slice that much. It was very unkind right. to all of us. Yeah. So. No. I'm Come not on, a, you uh, including Cameron Crowe. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not a Cameron Crowe. I'm not going to swing for the fence. I'm going to come in with something real easy to watch. Yeah. Yep. No You're going to walk yeah. out. The low-hanging fruit. Jab right. at Jesse. Jab at, jab at Eddie. Right. You're going to walk out Cameron not Crow. even remembering it, but it's not going to leave a bad taste in your mouth unless you're Eddie or Jesse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or of Hawaiian descent, in which case you're going to be upset. All right. Well, that'll do it for Sices. Stay tuned. Up next, Andy Stanley. But baby.
You're listening to Andre Day. The song is Gold. Well, this week's uh, interview segment is brought to you by Harry's, my favorite shaving company mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse just couldn't help himself. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, my my face feels good uh, regularly yes. thanks to Harry's. That is right. true. Uh, for many of us, uh, shaving is a pain. It's uncomfortable. Causes nicks. But the, here's the real deal: razors are. The, like the blades, un, unreasonably expensive. Stupid, stupid expensive. Stupid expensive. How much it costs? Enter Harry's. It was started by two guys who wanted to make a better product without paying an arm and a leg to get it. Uh, Harry's makes their own blades. Uh, they 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 were getting blades from this like German factory that had been making blades for hundreds of years, and they liked them so much they just they bought the factory. Wow. Um, okay. it, J- Jeremiah and I were talking offline yeah. about about Harry's. And he said that right currently he does not uh, like the look of being clean shaven. Mm-hmm. But I told him I when I when I'm shaven clean, I lose like like at least 10 years. Yeah. Like I am even though I am now in my early 30s, I am carded if I were to buy let's say an item like wine that I would dump in the gutter as demonstration to my heathen neighbors. <laughs> right, right. Uh, as you look them directly in the eye. Right. Yeah, or like yeah. a, a Jay-Z I, record. I would or rather something. purchase this wine and dump it in the drain in front of you than take part in your pay, pagan activities. Right. It of looks course. like you're having a good time over there. The All the I have to say is it's worth shaving with Harry's because it feels so well, that's, good. That's what we talked about and because we're both married and I, I have a wife and you know any type of hug or hello kiss or goodbye kiss or anything, she has to deal with just real pointy, yeah. stickly Oh. Hair, which I is you know I don't wish that fate on anyone. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to actually you, try. Even if you leave the scruff, you could uh, you could do the neck, and I need to do that. I, I need to and do that. Clearly, your back and shoulders, back and shoulders, and the yeah. top the top of the face, yeah, the peach fuzz, and 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 actually your forehead and that big area in between your eyebrows. <laughs> Use a razor for that. Yeah, I think you need to put Harry's to the test here. I'm going. No, I'm going to. No, no, I'm going to try. Let me it. explain. Okay, a full body shave. <laughs> if I'm going to try it, I'm going to go 100. percent yeah, the whole thing. Well, if anyone can actually make it through my body hair, it's Harry's. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fraction of drugstore costs, and it's a factory direct pricing. Harry's Razors offers a high-quality shave that's better for your face and your wallet, uh, about half the price of the big branded blades, and they ship for free to your front door. The starter set is an amazing deal. It's just for 15 bucks, you get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. And here's the kicker. We have a promo code for five bucks off. That I'm going to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, go over to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use coupon code RELEVANT at checkout for $5 off your order. Remember, that's harrys.com. Enter the coupon code RELEVANT. Well, if you're in the church world, you know our next guest. Andy Stanley is uh, an author, pastor. He founded uh, North Point Church in Atlanta. He's he's big in the leadership circles, huge best-selling author. And he just came out with a new book. And uh, it's a different type of book than than he's done in the past. Uh, it's, it's called The New Rules for Love, Sex, and Dating, where he explores the challenges, assumptions, and landmines associated with dating in the 21st century. Best of all, he offers the most practical and uncensored advice you'll ever hear on the topic. I couldn't wait to hear this interview. It is, I've, I've heard it already, and it is awesome. Yeah. It's got a lot of really great, uh, like, new thoughts on old topics. All right, well, our very own, our new editorial director, Aaron Hanbury, is the one who interviewed him. Here is Andy Stanley.
So uh, jumping right into the book, let me ask, why did you write the book? And then kind of flowing out of that, why now? Well, I did a series about four, four and a half years ago called The New Rules for Love, Sex, and Dating. That was, um, it, you know, it was very successful within the context of our um, six or seven Atlanta campuses. But then after that, um, a lot of folks got hold of the DVD and you know, all of our stuff, like for a lot of people, it's free online. And so this uh, this series showed up in all kinds of fraternity, fraternities, sororities, singles Bible studies, college Bible studies, um, high school stu- uh, high school ministry started using it. And so um, I thought, gosh, there's so much more to say on that topic, like any message series that you know a pastor or a communicator does. So I decided to sit down and you know kind of uh, tease it out and uh, turn it into a book. Um, and it's something I've been passionate about for a long, long time. Uh, we have a lot of singles, a lot of high school students, college students in our churches. And it just breaks my heart that people undermine their own success and undermine their own relational success, specifically, um, by the way that they manage you know, the topic of love, sex, and dating. So it's, it's a passion for me, and it's exciting to be able to you know, have a broader audience through publishing book. If you had to describe the book, you know, in a couple sentences, what is the book itself uh, trying to communicate? Well, the theme of the book is that we should become the person that the person we're looking for is looking for. Or the way I phrase that in terms of a question is, are you the person the person you're looking for is looking for? And the reason that's important is because in every area of life, we, we understand that preparation is the key to success. But when it comes to relationships, for some reason, we think no commitment is the key to success. I don't need to prepare for a relationship. I just need to meet the right person and commit to the right person. So in the book, I talk about the right person myth. The right person myth is when I meet the right person, everything will be all right. But every single married person, every single divorced person knows that's not the case because 99% of the people who, you know, are married when they stood at the altar and made their, you know, made their commitment or their vows thought they were making a vow to the right person. Mm -hmm. So simply meeting the right person does not determine or does not guarantee that everything will turn out right. So if we talk about the right person myth, this important dynamic between um, preparing and, and committing that preparation trumps commitment every time. There's not a single um, NFL team, there's not a single Major League Baseball team, there's not a single college team anywhere that says, hey, we don't need to practice, we're just going to commit. We're going to get in the locker room every afternoon and just commit to win these games. There's not any arena of life where commitment alone gets the job done. Preparation trumps commitment every single time. So the whole notion that once I meet the right person, everything will turn out right is predicated upon this lie that, hey, relational preparation is irrelevant. I just got to meet the right person. So again, back to the question, are you the person or have you prepared to be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? So that's kind of the, the thrust of the book. You know, the New Testament has so much to say about sex and sexuality, and as easy as it is to discount, the truth is our culture's current approach to sex, and I'm um, 
it, it just doesn't work if if the end game is a long term fulfilling relationship. And so designer sex is kind of just that old fashioned approach to sex that says, hey, relationships are more important than sex. Build a relationship before you get involved sexually. And in the book, I, I, I kind of do a twist on this because um, I've, you know, we create our churches are designed for unchurched people. So I've written this book with the assumption not that a person's going to assume everything in the Bible is true. So I've kind of tried to back way up and, and ask some tough questions. And for example, when, when people break up, um, whether it's a dating couple that breaks up, somebody's been living together that breaks up, or, or a marriage that breaks up. People do not break up for sexual reasons. People break up because of relationship problems. And so we all know this. So at the end of the day, the relationship really is the core of a, of a healthy relationship, the relational parts. So in the book, I argue for the fact it would make sense if there is a God who loves us and if there's a God who created sex, which is an interesting idea in and of itself that what God has to say about this topic is important and and common sense actually supports what we find in the New Testament as it relates to sex. For example, most, you know, everybody listening to the podcast today is pretty much sexually compatible with about half the world's population. <laughs> okay, and let's, and let's cut it down. Let's say only a third of the world's population. Let's say that you're only sexually compatible with 15% of the world's population. Sexual compatibility is easy. Relational comp compatibility is not. So it just makes sense that if you're thinking in terms of a long-term relationship, we need to load up on the relational aspects of the relationship rather than sexual. Because here's what just about everybody listening today knows. Sexual activity masks a multitude of relational problems. And that's why um, people who get involved sexually stay in unhealthy relationships too long, and people who get involved sexually get into relationships too fast. So all I'm saying in this book is, look, you don't need chapter and verse for this. You, you don't need to be a church person for this. Here, here's what we know experientially, that the relationship is the key to happiness. And, you know, Put, you know, getting involved sexually on the front end of a relationship masks unhealthy relationships and ultimately undermines sexual satisfaction because every married couple and every couple that's been together for 15, 20 years who has a healthy sexual relationship would tell you that it is the relationship that drives the sex, not the other way around. And I would think anybody who just heard what I said would say, you know, that, that's true. I mean, that, you know, that kind of makes sense. But the problem is when we turn around and dive into the dating culture and the, the singles culture in our culture, oftentimes that kind of common sense idea goes away. So that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, to give people an opportunity to really sit on some of these ideas and to rethink their approach to relationships. For today, for tomorrow, for right now, what is um, a way that you can encourage us in this area of love, sex, and dating? Before we ask the sticky you know, icky, you know, detailed questions of how far is too far and, you know, what if I've already been married and what if she's done this and all those things that are, they're very, very important questions. It's to step back and ask ourselves, what do I believe about life in general? And have I really come to grips with the fact that there is a heavenly father, that God, who, and again, God is neither male nor female, we get all that. But when God revealed himself through his son, Jesus, in the New Testament, Jesus said, when you pray, you are to pray, our Father in heaven. That is, we have been invited to address God in the most intimate of terms. And if there is a heavenly Father who loves me and wants that kind of relationship with me, what does that say about my body? What does that say about my future? What does that say about my, my value, my worth? And what does that say about my willingness and ability to trust Him? 
And again, when we ask, when, when we begin to look at life through the, the right filter and through the right grid with the right worldview, so many of the detailed questions that we get hung up on, they become very, very clear. Because at the end of the day, Jesus said it. He says, you are to love other people the way I've loved you. And that one simple New Testament ethic should drive relationships and certainly drive our thinking about sex and dating. Andy Stanley. Make sure to check out his new book, The New Rules for Love, Sex, and Dating, available now. This relevant podcast is sponsored by World Vision. Together with churches and listeners like you, World Vision is addressing some of the greatest needs around the world today like the Nepal earthquake and the Middle East refugee crisis. World Vision believes God is calling us to the world's hardest places in this time of unprecedented need. You and your church can join with World Vision in the margins, bringing justice and hope to those suffering around the world. To find out how you can get involved, visit worldvision.org church. You're listening to Daya. The song is Hideaway. So we, Interesting. A vegan cheese company also called Daya. Very oh, good vegan very cheese. Very good vegan cheese. This song is about relationships, which I thought would you know, be a great outro to the Andy Stanley talking about Ooh, relationships. There are you know? a lot of outro <laughs> songs layers that you've done. There, yeah. Done some very hot songs. Little Marvin Gaye. Ooh, little Boys to Men. We went with Daya. Did, did, did Andy Stanley mention vegan cheese at all in his interview? If I know Andy, and I don't, I'm sure that he did. Well, he was munching on it, much like you guys are now munching on spearmint, mm. and the entire studio now smells like spearmint. Minty, yeah. Minty magical Altoid. Yeah. Well, it's time for uh, a game. We have a game that we wanted to tie back to the 15-year thing. Mm. Um, uh, think back about 2000. So we have a game coming up. Uh, and joining us, you know, last week, the quiz master herself, Tiffany Brunson, Hello. did such a good job putting Jesse in his place. Uh, we thought she should come on, and what's what goes around comes around, and she should be a contestant on the game. Oh boy, <laughs> you're taste your own medicine. Here I am. Yeah, taste your own medicine. Jesse's cued this one up. So what we wanted to do, this is a little uh, intergenerational thing. Yeah. You see what we're doing? We're playing with this. Uh, all of these uh, questions that Jesse's queued up, I don't know any of them, but he's they're all themed around the year 2000 when Relevance started. Oh boy, which is interesting because how? Okay, how, I was 24. And you were how old in 2000? Nine. <gasps> nine. Nine. I was nine. So you don't really have a sense of what was happening culturally because you were a I homeschooled mean, nine-year-old. Well, <laughs> yes, I, I am was going newly, up, freshly homeschooled. Freshly homeschooled. I am in <laughs> my mid-20s, finger on the touch of culture, and, and me versus a homeschooled nine-year-old in that exact moment. That's so what we're the- going for. Theoretically, this game, is since because it is based on trivia from the year 2000, 
theoretically, Cameron has a big advantage. Massive, keep that in mind. Massive advantage. Theoretically. Theoretically. You're yes. In theory, well, exactly. All right. So, yeah, okay. So, uh, it's time for. Feels like a watch. Wow. Wow. You are worth a paycheck, homie. That wow. was that was special. Wow. Wow. All right. That was awesome. Well, okay, so so take it away, Jesse. All right. So basically, in honor of Relevant's 15-year anniversary, we're gonna look all the way back to the year 2000 to see how far we've come as a company. Uh, to to remember just how long ago 15 years uh, years ago was. So I'm gonna ask each one of you a question uh, about the something that happened in the year 2000. You'll have choices. You have to answer the person uh, with the most correct answers at the end of this game. When I will say, there's so a it's surprise. a conventional scoring. You want me to be scorekeeper? Yeah, you're a scorekeeper. So you're saying the person who has the most correct answers by the end of the game. I want to be clear. Wins the game. That's usually how games. I'm, get, I'm experimenting are. here. All right. That's that's what I landed. I was going to cast wind. lots, swinging for the, the fences. End. All right. I was I was originally going to make the scoring completely arbitrary and roll dice through the biblical way. Yeah. But I decided <laughs> to like golf. I mean, you want to yeah. be as low as possible. So this is a yeah. secular Bowling. game, Jesse. This is a secular this game. We're we're sipping uh, like philosophical margaritas right now. This secular right. game. I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> I can see what you're saying there. Um, I can't. Uh, I, I will say. Uh, <laughs> There is a, a bonus round oh. Uh, uh, oh. Or, or in the middle of the game that you, will be explained at the time. So, um, Eddie, uh, because you're uh, the color man here, right? I mean, I'm, I'm doing wow. the play-by-play. You're doing the, the fun kind of commentary. I think you should choose who goes first. I will definitely say Brunson because she oh is a lady. Oh, right. oh that's, that's nice. That's that polite. Is. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't play favorites in this. It's like I'm standing you know, you between. Know who I learned that from who? Andy Stanley. And he, Andy. ladies first. Yes. You were nine, playing Pogs, watching Star Wars, right? <laughs> Hanging out roughly. Yes. What, what was your favorite TV show at nine? Oh, Punky gosh. Brewster. Uh, probably Pokemon. If I'm being totally yeah, yeah. honest, dude, Punky Brewster was like 15 I, I, years I, before. I, I know. <laughs> like, yeah, Punky I know. Brewster Punky, definitely wasn't a thing. Punky Brewster, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Indigo League. It was the first uh, season of Pokemon. Sure. And they're still coming out. So sure, I was 20. <laughs> well, yeah. I have bad yeah. news for you, Tiffany. Pokemon does not make an appearance in well, this game. Well, <laughs> that's bad news for everyone, Jesse, not just me. <laughs> <laughs> However, a very notable CCM group broke up you know in the year 2000. Contemporary oh. Christian music. Yeah, Nailed it. Th- that, that, that's what that's very good. Uh, you. you should get a bonus point for that. Was the group Five Iron Frenzy, Ooh. DC Talk, Ooh. White Cross, or Striper? Which one of those groups broke up in the year 2000? I want to say. Search your heart on this. Don't, don't go. help her. I want to say. <laughs> oh, gosh, I was nine. Uh, I want to say. DC Talk. <gasps> you are correct. Cameron, did you know that one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, now, so, now so, technically, they still haven't broken up. They're just on an intermission. All right, Cameron. In the year 2000, yeah. the, the film Meet the Parents was a huge hit. Uh, in the movie, Owen Wilson plays the former boyfriend of Ben Stiller's current girlfriend. What is Wilson's very impressive hobby? Cameron, I will say this. The answer to your question, uh, uh, the the correct answer will be revealed in a in a video audio bonus segment. What is what was his impressive hobby? Was it carpentry, ceramics, painting, or songwriting? Carpentry, because he whittled the uh, wedding throne thing. A hoopa. Jeremiah, can you please play the correct answer? Here is our clip. Wow, looks like somebody got a name. Woodshop. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's always been kind of a hobby. I whittled that out of beech wood. Huh, it's beautiful. So, yeah. so what got you into uh, carpentering? Carpentry? <laughs> I guess I'd have to say Jesus. <laughs> he was a carpenter, and I just figured if you're going to follow in someone's footsteps, who better than Christ? Yes, amen. Hmm. Greg's Jewish. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Oh, I forgot mm -hmm. what a good movie this is. Well, so was JC. Wow, you're in good company. <laughs> Cameron, you are correct. Oh. Yeah, all right, 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. All right. Uh, Tiffany, uh, back in 2000, Kathy Lee Gifford made her final appearance as the host of Regis and Kathy wow, Lee. that was that She notably Crazy. went to which evangelical college? Is it Wheaton, Oral Roberts, Liberty, or Calvin? Kathy Lee Gifford. Kathy Lee Gifford. Wheaton. I'm sorry, you are incorrect. The correct answer is O R U. O R U. Oh boy. She was a Richard. She was a Oral Roberts singer that traveled yeah. around uh, for the TV show, the whole thing. She was a singer. I Pretty cool. Huh? I haven't kept up with Kathy Lee like I should have. I guess. Yeah. And you're more of a Hoda. And <laughs> you you're more. Yeah, you're more of a Hoda type of person. You're Cameron, you could you could take the lead uh, with this I'm one. I'm excited. So, uh, uh, Cameron, as you remember launching the magazine at that time. It was a great no, the era. The magazine launched three years later. Just let's well, be well clear. for the for the company to be launched at yeah, that time. The company launched. It was a great era for movies that would be incorporated into sermon illustrations. Oh, that yes. was a big thing. Oh yes. Uh, which of the following church sermon quotable movies was released in the year two thousand? Was it? And, and remember, you would be in a church service. Yeah. A pastor would cue this up, and he was the cool pastor. A little, little clip, little movie clip, yep. little secular movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, this is cool. Oh this yeah. Was edgy. yeah. So which one of these was released in the year 2000? Was it Braveheart, The Matrix, Gladiator, or Lord of the Rings? My all good. All good. I've, I've been in sermons with all of those. Broken. Yeah. I've been broken so many times by this illustration. <laughs> um, 2000. I'm going to go. This is really before we were covering it. So you're just, I mean. Hmm. Do, you, do, you want, do you want me to nope. read them one more time? No, I, got, I, 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 I have photographic memory. You want to take a minute just to pray about it and um, we'll come back? And I'm going to say can, The Matrix. Sorry, the correct answer Gladiator. Uh, Matrix was 99. Oh, do you know what that sound is? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, In on the year this... 2000, the popular TV franchise CSI uh, first debuted, <laughs> <laughs> launching numerous spinoffs throughout the decade uh, to the delight of parents <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Everyone's parents' favorite show. Yeah, everyone's parents' favorite show. Uh, so we are now in the CSI round in honor of CSI, which first they My mom was a big monk person. She oh, liked monk, monk a lot back in that era. See, CSI, well, I was going to say wasn't a, didn't have as much humor as monk, but I will say as much intentional humor as monk, <laughs> as you'll see from this round. Ah. Um, mm -hmm. So in honor of CSI, uh, the, two, the year 2000 staple. Uh, we're going to play. Uh, 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 you're each going to get two questions that are uh, follow the same format. Um, one of the most popular things in the CS franchise was CSI Miami, starring David Caruso as not only a brilliant a detective right. who would use uh, uh, you know crime scenes to figure out uh, who did these murders, uh, but he would he was also known for his one-liners. Let's listen to a few right now. Drive-by Miami style. Yeah! I don't think so. You don't spend $1,000 on clothes that you're never going to wear. Yeah! A hundred people throwing golf balls at the sight of a death. Those odds are very slim, aren't they? 
So the question becomes, Alex, was the mob sent to draw us to the crime scene? Or sent to destroy it? Oh, glasses down. <laughs> All right, so here's how this round's going to work to see who, who truly knew CSI. <laughs> I'm going to set up a oh, scenario. Lord. I oh, even gosh. playing field because I've never seen it. Yeah, and I, it, yeah. I don't find crime scene as um, fascinating as the rest of the world. Yeah, it's one one. Everyone just to know yeah. That. You don't. You guys, neither of you find crime scenes as fascinating as as, as everyone's parents do, who who made this the number one show on TV for the last 15 years. So I'm going to set up the scene. And then I'm going to give you three options as to what David Caruso's one-liner is. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. So, Tiffany, police find a dead man who is the member of an important jury. A crime scene investigator tells David Caruso, uh, we only had one week before deliberations. How does he respond? Yeah. Well, it looks like what we have here is a hung jury. <laughs> no. <laughs> no need now. The verdict in. <laughs> I love that you've It looks something. like he's innocent until proven murdered. Oh. <laughs> Which one of those was David Caruso's actual one-liner? Jesse, did you oh. do this whole game just so that you could write I think David that's Caruso jokes? what I'm leaning towards. <laughs> yeah. It's the I'll go with the first one. So so he, oh, he, only, he only had one week before deliberations. What we have here is a hung jury. Let's hear the correct. We had one week before deliberations. No need now. The verdict is in. Oh. Well, we're still at 1-1 in this riveting podcast. All right, Cameron. A detective tells David Caruso, they call it speed dating. Our victim had 15 dates. Caruso says, well, you know what they say, Frank. Speed kills. Oh, gosh. Okay. Apparently, she had a date with the Reaper. Oh, okay. I guess her love connection was with murder. No, I, I thought for sure. you like. I was okay. like, we'll hit the real one. Okay, I'm going number one, speed kills. Speed kills. Well, you know what they say, Frank. Speed kills. Oh. Whoa. You burnt. You know, you know you're Caruso. <laughs> All right, Tiffany. A college student is found dead. So we have a victim that started the weekend as a big man on campus. And ended it, did he say, six feet under, dead on arrival, or majoring in murder? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. I hope it's dead on arrival. Yeah. So we have a victim that started the weekend, big man on campus, and ended it dead on arrival. Yeah. yeah. Right, this is I'm the final one of the... <laughs> Now, this is exciting. Right now, just as a score update, Brunson has two. Camtastic, two. Oh. You can take the lead with the final one. Looks like we have a tie. (laughs) Russo is told it's a stab wound. Okay? So so they see the victim. It's a stab wound. How does he respond? Alex, that cuts right down to it. Oh. (laughs) Alex, I think you're right on point. Oh. Oh. Alex, that just narrowed us down to one. Alex, now that's a sharp observation. Oh, I'm going sharp observation. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Alex, that just narrowed us down to one. Oh. Oh. See, I feel like mine were more clever than his. Oh, I think so. I think yours are great, Jess. <laughs> Man, so, tie two, game. Two, two. So we're out of the CSI round, sadly forever. Uh, oh, are we? <laughs> um, all right, we're going to hear a little clip from a song. 
to give you a little taste of, of the year 2000. Tiffany, the year 2000 was at the height of the pop-punk uh, phase with songs like this one from MXPX, Responsibility. Which of their albums dropped in the year 2000? Hold on, let me ask this real quick. Tiffany, were you, at nine years old, allowed to listen to secular music? Um, was MXPX secular? They were at Cornerstone, right? Well, they were on the line. They, yeah. they, they, I was they allowed walked to a fine I line. I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music, but I was allowed yeah. to listen to yeah, MXPX. MXPX. Good. So apparently, they were the, Cameron, would you memo. say they were the virgin margaritas of the Christian world? Like, they kind of look secular. Yeah, but really. They did have tattoos and They're spiky not. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard, I, I don't know that they'd be virgin margaritas, though. Okay, okay. Tiffany. Uh, so which, al- which MXPX album was released in 2000? Was it uh, Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo? The ever-passing moment, before everything and after, or panic. Before everything and after? I'm sorry, the correct answer is the ever-passing moment. Oh, man. All right, Cameron, this one should be right up your alley here. Which of the following artists did not win a Grammy in the year 2000? Did not win a Grammy. Did not win a Grammy. Was it Jars of Clay? So good. Eminem, Mary Mary, D'Angelo, or Blink-182? Ooh. D'Angelo. Correct answer is Blink-182. Whoa! Oh, man. What? This is really intense. Hold on. D'Angelo's album came out in 96 and, and only then came out again this year. Not, he did not have an album out in 2000. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to double check here. We're, 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 this one's going back to, to the judges. <laughs> Recount. I, Cameron, I think you are correct. Oh! oh. All right. So I think that locks in the victory for Cameron. Yes. Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, w- w- that'll do it for. Feels like a Y2K trivia day. Feels like a Y2K trivia day. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming in, losing Tiffany. Oh, oh, my pleasure. Anytime. All right. You're stay tuned. In our book, but Up not- next, feedback. Listening to Zella Day. The song is Sweet Ophelia. Uh, it's time for your feedback. Yeah. Last week, we uh, we don't have any corrections and apologies. I mean, the corrections and apologies. Uh, uh, Jer- uh, Jeremiah, sorry for offending Cameron Crowe. We still think you're a good filmmaker. That's from this week. I'm just preempting. We know he's going to reach out, so let's just go ahead and hop into that. Sorry for people that are in all body casts. I feel like we may need to preemptively apologize for our body cast listeners. I do, I do want to, yeah, apologize to anyone who's been a full body cast, has their jaw wired shut, and it happened from falling into a vat of dill and then yes. a sunbathing 
the hundreds of you that are going to email in, we apologize. Mm-hmm. You know, and really any pickling sunbathers. I mean, anybody who's got their passion is like backyard pickling. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably offended them because yeah. they're like, we yeah. know what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 None yeah. of us have ended up in full body cast. Yeah. With yeah. yeah. So, so I guess uh, retroactively, we do have a... Oops. Uh, Correct yeah. his apologies. Yeah. So. Thank you. Hey. I accept your apology. And I'm sorry. I'm really sorry to Eddie and Jesse for earlier for hey, hurting man. you guys' feelings. I know we're gonna have this is a nice com- airing of grievances. We're gonna grievances. have words, gonna have words later. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Jesse and I have agreed we do not forgive you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a blanket policy. I don't forgive. <laughs> That's one of my main things. Is I do not forgive people. Right. Period. <laughs> it helps my heart stay in kind of good shape. Right. <laughs> I think I'm reading this whole Christianity thing, right? Yeah. Do not forgive. No, take forgiveness. Don't give forgiveness. And it's all about you. I expect forgiveness. It's all about you. Who's on Andy Stanley? Can he clear some of this up? (laughs) I think that's what he's saying, mostly. Yeah. That's that's his main, you know, sex and dating and relationship advice is never forgive. Never forgive. Make it about you. Go to bed angry. Yeah. If you're not if you're not angry when you go to bed, just kick her. What's or something? Just just do something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if kicking would be the right one there, but something. (laughs) Okay, well it's time for your feedback. Last week uh, we got we had a game about uh, was it a church sign or a tweet? Yeah. So uh, Jeremiah, uh, and and you know some of the good things he's doing as a producer is he said, "Hey, Very I observed, few. I observed on the website we had a, an article about is it a church sign or a tweet? Wow. And yeah. hey, wouldn't it be cool if we started doing things to like tie in with the site more and like other oh, stuff that's going on? My goodness, yeah, I'm hey. trying to do one good thing for every ten things <laughs> that don't work. Yeah, interesting yeah. ratio. So, so 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 we're like, hey, that's a good idea, oh. novel idea of tying in with the other content that we're yeah. you know." So we had a game last week. Was it a church sign or a tweet? Now this article on the website was written by our very own Jesse Carey, um, and 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 for the first time in you know a, a decade, Jesse did not write the game. He participated right. in the game. Uh, I, I I kind of remember last week that when he was told that he was playing against Eddie and Joy, he had a little bit of hubris, a little bit of cockiness, just a bit. And I warned him as a friend, Jesse, don't even do that. Pride comes before a fall, buddy. Bingo. And he said something like, "That doesn't apply to me. I wrote the article, right?" Well, well, I when, because Cameron, when you said pride, you're saying that there's like this this thing that wells up in people that that gives them like an artificial uh, sense of being better than someone. That's my normative state. Yeah, for one, just yeah. like forgiveness. Okay? Right. I just that's how I live my life. I just I just go into things knowing I'm the best. Right. Two, uh, I know even now. That I probably didn't lose legitimately. I don't know the sanctioning that went on. I don't know that Eddie and Joy weren't cheating. I'm assuming they were, wow. uh, because how wow. else does it make sense that I lost? Yeah, that's right. okay. That's true. Yeah. So, so you know, but because it was such a success, seeing you know, uh, for me and Joy, for for you and Joy, for you right. and Joy, uh, we asked you guys last week to send us the funniest church signs, actual church signs that you've seen. Many of you sent us photos to prove that these are real. It was awesome. Um, and you went over on Twitter at Roland Podcast and you also posted uh, them on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. There are a ton. And I don't know if this is good for the state of Christianity I, in America I, I, or really sad. I know. I felt both when I would read yeah, them. Like, oh, like, oh, like, oh, clever. Oh, icky. Oh, that oh, actually okay. existed. People drove by that. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. Oh, that's funny for us. Oh, people uh, don't like the church. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, again, let me let me apply the Cameron Crowe theory to this. Yeah. Don't see the movie. Don't talk about it. It's easy to come up with like a safe church sign. Anyone can put out the service times and a little Bible reference. 
It yeah. takes it takes a little inspiration, a little positive thought. Yeah, that's easy. It takes a little moxie. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm not sure this is a great idea, but <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. I'd rather go to the church that that shows a little of that moxie and spirit personally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so what you think says negative things about the church, I think, hey, look, we're going for it, man. Yeah. Right. Pro- most of 99% of the time, this is going to offend a lot of people, but that 1% of the time, those people are going to think this is pretty funny. Everything in me wants you to start a church. Will Will Henderson <laughs> uh, sent one in on Twitter. Uh, it, this was an inspirational one. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. It wasn't a cringe one. Is that live so fully that Westboro, Westboro Baptist Church will pick at your funeral? Gosh, that I is, love it. You know, yes. That's a good one. Carpe bro- diem. Jim Turner said uh, he saw a church sign that said NIV, not inspired version. Oh, no. So that pastor's just yeah. pure KJV, and he's so angry about the compromise in the church today with this NIV nonsense. Yeah, yeah. He's calling it out on the church or, side. Or it's probably actually the church secretary whose job is it is Monday morning to come up with this, and she just took it out there and wanted to make a statement. <laughs> but, but the thing is, again... At least you know what you're getting into if you go to that church. There's no surprises. That's you, true. you know everything you know about that church. You've read from the sign. Yeah. Uh, this one, Andrew Weidman said, this is the most confusing guilt trip he's ever heard. Um, and I agree. The church sign said, knock, knock. Who's there? Jesus. Jesus who? Exactly. Wow. <laughs> exactly. I saw a, a lot of them with this one, but Gilbert Garza said... Not Gilbert Gottfried. Not Gilbert no. Gottfried. Oh, not Gilbert Gottfried. That <laughs> nice. was terrible. Yeah. Well, no, that was perfect, perfect Jesse. Yeah. Don't let Jesse do impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to stop. Gilbert Garza said, God wants full custody, not just weekend visits. That's spring break. passive aggressive. Yeah. For- yeah, I was going to say that that one yeah. yeah. I I Brandon, this one's more this one's more much more harmless. Prevent truth decay. Brush up on your Bible. Oh man. Uh, uh Jeremy Hagendaz um he sent one about uh, mouth related. He said a 4-inch tongue can bring a 6-foot man to his knees. Ugh. What? I hate that. That's terrible. That what? was out in public. Oh, God. Yeah, that was the Word of Life Church. and uh, <laughs> The Word of Life. I am, I, uh, I am very bothered by... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip to the next one before we... <laughs> <laughs> uh, please read another one. Keep moving. Cross <laughs> <laughs> wrote, he saw a church sign that said, it, had, it said C-H blank blank C-H. What is missing? Question mark. You are. Oh, I get it. Okay. okay. See, it's a thinker, guys. See, was- see here's another one, a little cultural reference. Uh, this is from El Paso, uh, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. Look to the, the Paso. Look to the cross to stay fit. <laughs> oh. Christopher May said, Christians uh, are like pianos, upright and grand. What? Oh, uh, I mean, you we're know. better than you. That's what that says. Yeah, well, uh, join in, the crew. In fairness, Christopher didn't write it. He was just the messenger. Right. Sweet guy. Well, I, I will say, okay, this one doesn't have to do with the church signs, but someone sent in a uh, a, a picture of like on a rack of clothes and it has different sizes. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, one of the sizes, because we talked about how how offensive and like intentionally shaming it yeah. was yeah. for uh, the size between large and extra large and little boy's khakis from Bugle Boy <laughs> to be sized husky. Yeah. This, Just hurtful. Uh, Just hurtful. Jo- Joshua sent in a picture of, of a clothing size, and it's right out there on the hangar at a store that says Portly. 
Yeah, so you know, like oh. you know, from from you know, you got the hanger part, and then you got the hook part, and then they put that little plastic tab on it that says M or L or whatever. This one literally typed out on the plastic little circular thing that goes around the the hook it says Portly. Yeah, not a lot of friends. Doesn't so so it's in the forty four regular section of suit coats, and it's a forty four regular Portly cut. Just a nice Portly cut. Just a little short and round guy. <laughs> a little bowling ball. A little CeeLo action. <laughs> a little CeeLo cut. The, the worst part is like when you go to like the suit store and the guy's like the tailor comes out he's like no no just wait there i'll bring some to you and, he, and they all bring him out portly you did that just by looking at me how yeah. did you know i was portly all right well that'll do it for last week's uh feedback it's time for this week's editorial question of the week so 15 years ago mm-hmm. we were we were just starting out on this journey uh, as we talked about and you know it'd be hard pressed to predict all that has happened in the last 15 years uh, where we are today, what the world's like today. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, it would have been impossible. I had a business plan right. that, I mean, it was pretty insightful yeah. in forecasting kind of what things were going to happen. But yeah. So I, was our bands. We had a yeah. full, we were ready. We knew yeah. what we were going to do, yeah. but we failed. I can see pretty far down the road, but not all the way to right. 15. So, I mean, we're right. here and like, wow, how different than, than how we started out. The question this week, we want to know from you, predictions for 15 years from now. Ooh, okay. Oh, that's a good I idea. got one. I think you're going to be able to have a phone that you can check email on. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think that was my only one. Okay. That was that, pretty I, good. It's pretty good. I think it'll take 15 years. I think we'll send a man to the moon. I think um, they'll finally uh, figure out a way to safely that backyard pickle thing. I yeah. think that's yeah. a really good point. That's, I mean, if we start working on that today. How many, how many people have to end up in full body cast before, before we are able yeah. to outdoor dill? Before the pickle industry just, just <laughs> finally gives us safe <laughs> dill options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Cameron yeah. Crowe will hit a home run. He will make a good movie in the next 15 years. In the next 15 years, I'm predicting it. He's going to do it. So So you're saying he makes one every like three decades. Right, yeah, but it's great. It's a home run. Because I think his last one that was universally thought was good was Jerry Maguire, and that was like 10 years ago. I think Almost Famous. Oh, Almost Famous was great, yeah. 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 Uh, So so we want to know your predictions for for 15 years from from, from now. The relevant 30th anniversary, we will be on this podcast. Yep. Reminiscing about these things that you're going to send in, so uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You can also post your replies on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. I think, I think, I do think. Oh, I've already talked about this prediction. I think opera is going to be a big thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like our like kind of retro stuff gets really cool. Yeah, you're yeah. going, you're like 200 op- years retro, right? I think opera is going to be like a thing. It's going to come. Everybody back. in like Brooklyn, which will nobody will care about Brooklyn anymore. But, no, yeah, like, yeah, but Brooklyn, the whatever the new Brooklyn is, probably like Colorado's. Probably right. suburbs will become ironically cool. You know what I'm saying? So right. Brooklyn, no way Brooklyn. It's right. going to be all about just suburban sprawl. Yeah. Everybody's, uh, strip malls will be yep. the new hotspots. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be real clean shaven. Yeah. I think, I, think we will, I think we will get less connected. That's yeah. a real one. I think Husky will make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah, they'll able... finally rethink sizing conventions yeah. for, for young boys. So we're going to go right. slender, normal, husky, portly... Fat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'll be the sizes when you go into any store. Much more in objectified. God, I'll yeah. be much I'll, more shaming. Yeah. I'll be fifty. You'll be fifty years old. How old will you be? I will. I'm thirty. Well, fifteen years ago, I was twenty-four. I'm thirty-nine, so I'll be four, uh, fifty-four. What will we be doing? Uh, <laughs> like, not farting around on mics once yeah. for a couple hours every week. I don't think so. Yeah, the kids will be. Like almost graduating. Cohen graduated from pre-K today, so he will be right there. He will no, he'll be twenty. He'll be in college. 
Cohen will be in college. Well, yeah, even Lou. Yeah, Eve will have graduated. Lou will just be getting ready to graduate. Crazy. If he's like me, he will have had his GED for three years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and his mom will, and he will he will have plowed through the Boxcar Children series <laughs> several times. <laughs> All right, so your predictions for 15 years from now. That's good. Many thanks to our sponsors. Remember to go over to Stamps.com and enter promo code RELEVANT for their uh, nervous trial. And Harry's, you can go to harrys.com and put in uh, coupon code RELEVANT for five bucks off your order. You won't regret either of those. And do the full body shave challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks to Andy Stanley for joining us. Uh, make sure to check out his new book, The New Rules for Love, Sex, and Dating. Uh, you won't regret it. And uh, yeah, thanks for Tiffany for being a good sport and her playing the game with us. You know. And losing. And losing well. Losing well. We, you Graceful know. loss. And I just want to clarify something here, Jeremiah. <laughs> is, the, is the full body shave challenge... <laughs> Not just to shave your entire body completely hairless with the Harry's razors, because that's not really a challenge because they're such good razors. Right. It's to then go and buy wine without getting parted. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the challenge. No, we like, would you, never advocate for purchasing right. such libations, uh, Jesse Carey. Yeah. You know, to dump it as a demonstration, <laughs> as a demonstration to even neighbors. Of, <laughs> completely of hairless. Purity and integrity. But yeah, obviously, Jesse, that's what I'm talking about, and we'll do it. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Rudy Crawford. <laughs> I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Jesse Gary. For Joy Egrich and Tiffany Brunson, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check out the magazine. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes app store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Bring your pickling operation indoors.